and welcome to Pros Before Hoes, the podcast where we talk about what we are thinking, drinking, and reading. Woo! <laughs> you would not believe we're recording at lunchtime on a Thursday. We are d- doing a very cheeky lunch break recording. Well, it's my lunch break. You're off on annual leave. Yes, I am. Nothing says sensible lunch break like drinking. This is work, though. This is also work. It is work because it's a book podcast and I work in publishing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not a tenuous link at all. And <laughs> I'm sure my boss would approve. Would you like to... We've got the same drink this week. Would you like to to wax lyrical well? Can we wax lyrical I'm yet? I'm so excited. It's Okay, so we were in Big Satan's the other day because so much excitement, we can now go into a shop together. <laughs> and we saw Hendrix Luna Gin. And, oh my gosh, they're just the label. This is why good branding is important because it is just so beautiful. It's a hundred percent the label that sold this. Like I and the name and the name. We do love any reference to the moon. We are women. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the moon. We are so in sync, in sync with the moon. <laughs> I wish I could say I'm not a victim of capitalism, but I am because good branding and take my. It and is it's the, moon. the lovely like crescent moon, and then you've got um, the constellations, and it's just. It's a thing of beauty. And then it says, from our cabinet of curiosities. I'm such a sucker for that stuff. It's just so lovely. Whoever's doing the branding at Hendrix, bravo. They're already doing great, aren't they? Because it kind of looks like an old-fashioned, like, medicine, like, bottle, which is... This is the blurb of our drink this week. From our cabinet of curiosities, Hendrix Luna is a limited-release gin conceived under the influence of moonlight. Um, (laughs) On many a night, you will find our master distiller, Miss Leslie Gracie, tending to the botanicals in her beloved distillery hothouse. One moonlit evening, she was inspired to create this exceptionally smooth gin. Hendrix Luna is deliciously suffused with mellow spice and replete with a subtle citrus finish. Decidedly delectable with tonic and a slice of cucumber, or as a moonlight buck with the addition of ginger ale and a twist of lemon. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Yeah, we should actually, we should try a moonlight buck. Ooh, I do kind of. Sometime in the future. I want to try a moonlight buck. Should we? You've already had a sip. Well, no, not really. (laughs) (laughs) She has. Oh, that's very it's nice. It's so nice. And we've got it with Clementine tonic, haven't we? Mm. From Fever Tree. My new favourite discovery is the Clementine tonic from mm. Fever, Fever Tree. It's very good. <laughs> and naturally low in calories. <laughs> um, and not that I care. <laughs> and we've got some nice sliced cucumber, as you should always do. This is very nice. I should do this every lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talking about the moon is making me think of a TV show that we've just started watching last night. Resident Alien on Now TV. (laughs) It's really something. Do you want to try to describe... I'm really enjoying it. We've not finished it yet. We're about just over halfway through it. Do you want to try and describe what it's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, an alien is on a spaceship. It crashes because it gets hit by lightning. Yeah, which... I mean, the whole show, he's talking about how aliens are so much smarter than humans. But I'll say it. Human aeroplanes can withstand being hit by lightning, but his spaceship can't? Mm. Suspicious. Well, so he crashes, and then... Um, he has a bit of an incident with um, a, a person who has like a, a lakeside house and then essentially takes over his identity yeah. and becomes him for once and purposes. And then there's a murder in the town. So this has been going on for like four months. He's just like yeah. out in the sticks fishing. Yeah. And then there's a murder in the town and it's a murder of the doctor. And then 
because the person he's like pretending to be mm. is a doctor, he then gets sucked into the town. And he has to become the town doctor and he's an alien who's only been on planet Earth for four months. <laughs> and it's a little bit dark, but quite funny. And the way I'm really the, enjoying it. My favourite bit is when he laughs. Oh yeah, he like can't laugh normally and it's so jarring. <laughs> And he spent, like, he learned English through watching Law and Order. So whenever anything suspicious happens, he goes, dun dun. <laughs> which is just, it's me. one of those things which I am enjoying, but I would never have watched if you hadn't have suggested it. And mm. probably, if I'm being honest, wouldn't have continued to watch if we weren't watching it together. But I am having a nice time. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It is my kind of stupid sense of humour. My brother actually recommended it to me. He said, you should watch this TV show so we have something to talk about. <laughs> what? That's nice. He wants to talk to you. Yeah, I do love my brothers, but they're not chatty people. And often I think they're trying to fill the gaps between how chatty I am. And they're like, God, we need to think of conversations to have with Camilla. She just wants to talk all the time. Uh, you're the youngest, so maybe that's why you talk all the time. Yeah, probably. Needed to make make a shout. <laughs> Be noticed. No. So no I, I, I hate being the centre of attention. It just makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, what's nice as well that now we're like halfway through a second series everyone else gets that joke too (laughs) you guys know i do love being the center of attention (laughs) um what have you liked recently this week other than resident alien um i have i got a pub booking low-key brag um I and she's not talking about publishing (laughs) (laughs) no i'm talking in fact about a public house yeah, I got, got a pub booking, which is, I mean, impressive, honestly. It's like Armageddon out Are there. Are you going to tell people how, how you got it? Oh my God, I don't really know if I should give this away, but because you are dedicated listeners, <laughs> if you're not a dedicated listener and you're just tuning in for a joyride on a podcast that you're not committed to, then close your ears <laughs> because this tip is not for you. Um, <laughs> dedicated listeners, Open Table is brilliant. You can just put in an area in London, a time, and how many people, and it'll just show you where there's space. I've booked some weird <laughs> venues. Where are we going? For we're going to, oh, I actually can't remember what it's called. It's a pub in Shoreditch that I've literally never heard of before for like or in almost a month. And we, I just about managed to get that booking. <laughs> and it's like a two hour lunch in the middle of the day. Yeah, my mum my mum was cute. She was like, oh, the pubs are opening this week. Where, where are you going to go? And I was like, mother, I have not made a booking. So the only option is about two weeks time at 20 past two on a Wednesday. Yeah. If like the sun is at an acute angle of about 15 And degrees, you're wearing three hats. And you've like walked backwards in a circle 2.75 times. Then you can go to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> but only for a slot of about 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's a stretch even. Yes. To be fair. It's like one drink. And once you finish the drink, you're out. And knowing me, that's 10 <laughs> so minutes. That's what, like, <laughs> if even, bloody hell. If I've had a few, it's like two minutes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the challenge, <laughs> love a challenge, <laughs> of trying to get some pub bookings in, some restaurant bookings, literally anything. Whereas I've just not bothered, I'm just hyped that we can have people in the garden. Yeah, I've got three things over the next month secured. I think that's, I think that's good. It's like one a week, spacing it out. Yeah. Some more obscure places, some, some places that I got in on You could really end early. up like, find your new favourite places. I could do, maybe this is a chance for me to Let's explore focus. London. On the positives. 
I honestly, I don't really care. I'll eat in a weird backstreet Lebanese restaurant if it means that I get to. Have... To be fair, the food at a backstreet Lebanese restaurant you just know would be far superior to anything on the high street. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I sounded yeah. like such a wanker then, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> One simply stumbles across backstreet <laughs> Lebanese restaurants, and they are often fine to the taste. <laughs> Uh, I want Lebanese. This is, by the way, not a slate on Lebanese food, because I do love Lebanese food. No, Lebanese food is the one. This is a slate on unknown entities. (laughs) On us. (laughs) And chaos theory. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were a fair weather listener, you're tuning out right about now. I've also been watching more TV because, you know, we're still in that space where there's not much else to do. Mm-hmm. been watching a show. Um, I, I extended our now... Uh, listeners will know that we thought we had an RTV subscription. I've now extended it. Mm. Yeah. For the next month because I wanted to watch a show called The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Kuko. You know, the lady from The Big Bang Theory who the plays blonde, Penny. Blonde. Yeah. Yes. Um, she stars in the show called The Flight Attendant. Oh, and actually, I've seen this advertised. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really good. It's like a black comedy. Basically, this flight attendant meets a guy on a flight to Bangkok, has like a magical night with him, wakes up, and he is dead next to her in the bed. Oh, my God. And she, like, spins out, tries to figure out... What's, <laughs> don't know why she tries to figure out what's happened, because she's literally a flight attendant. Um, but she does, and it's kind Horror of like... flight attendants. They can be... Detectives. cracking people if they want. <laughs> yeah, so she kind of... I think she's kind of shucked off her Big Bang Theory um, kind of acting. I mean, she's great in the Big Bang Theory as well, but she this is like quite a serious. So role. trendy to hate the Big Bang Theory. Though, isn't I it? don't hate the Big Bang Theory. I think I've genuinely seen maybe if you put it all together, yeah, one episode. But yeah. that's like ten minutes. Ten minutes this long. is she's just very different in this to what she is in the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a black comedy thriller. Yeah, I really, really recommend it. I don't want to give too much away because I've like, started it. I've almost finished it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm knee deep. Um, but that's really, really good. And I can definitely recommend utilising your free week on Now TV or perchance even paying for a month to watch that and Resident Evil. What have you been up to? What you've been doing? Um, let's not go straight to music, okay? Because we know that's coming anyway. So let's, let's go to something yeah. else. Yeah. Let's go to, I found an artist on Instagram who does, um, we'll put, we'll put it on our around. Instagram stories. And also, as a side note, I'll put a picture of the Hendrix yeah. gin on our gin, on our gin, on our gin. <laughs> gin on our gin, gin on our Instagram, grim gin. Lunchtown drinking, baby. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> it's Mimi Dixon. Mimi Dixon. And her Insta is at Mimi Dixon Paintings. Um, they're just really sweet sort of like domestic like table settings Mm. they actually really remind me of the front cover of um your new fave book that we talked about last happy all the time yes really like similar vibes like buttered toast and cups and some of her easter ones are really cute with hot cross buns Mm. oh i like like the tablecloths and it sounds a bit like two two but it's not yeah yeah just really visually i am googling it yeah, oh. there you go. Oh, they're really cute. They're just nice, aren't they? And yeah, yeah some like facades of buildings and like houses. I just really like them. It's very pleasing. It's like when people make tiny food. You yeah, know they make yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny food and like tiny kitchens and they yeah, cook yeah, 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 yeah. meals. I don't know what it is about that, but that just brings me such joy. No, a hundred percent. And it's I very just, wholesome. It's just nice, isn't it? Oh, and she's got a bottle of Riesling in one of hers. Riesling is my favourite wine, oh. in case anybody's listening. With tunnocks. <laughs> With tunnocks tea cakes and the pursuit of love by Nancy Mitford, which is a brilliant 
brilliant book. See? It all links alcohol Love and it. books. But yeah, I just think they're just it's almost um like a like children's illustrations, like children book illustrations. Do you know what I mean? You know the food in yeah. those books always made you like want to eat it. Yeah. It's like that. I just really, really like them. I'd quite like to like get a big one of these and look like almost a three D one and it'd be like because mm. it looks like she paints bits and then like puts and them then on. puts yeah so I think kind there of is some of... like collaging effect as well. Well, maybe you know that bit in the living room under the light above the radiator. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's that space, mm. and I want to put something that maybe we get one of those and put that maybe. there because they're just nice. It's just nice to have nice things and I like food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really on a different planet today. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I feel like we're on the same level today. Finally, we're both on the same planet. <laughs> planet crazy. <laughs> um, and then I've also been listening to Katie J. Pearson. Her, I think it's her debut album. Um, and there's a song, Beautiful Soul, on that, which I've been listening to a lot. I'm a big fan. I think my sister recommended that to me. Credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd like her as well. I think I may have already added it to our house playlist, but if I haven't, I will. Um, I've also discovered a song which is, and I cannot stress this enough, a bop. It gives me the same euphoric vibes of being in the club, bit drunk, not wasted, bit drunk and girls just want to have fun comes on <laughs> that is what this song reminds me of and it's called pink pony club oh my Chapel god i love the, i love the name like this song just brings me so much joy it's all i've been listening to for the last week which means it has about another week in its lifespan before i decide i can never listen to it again but um so yeah pink pony club by chapel rowan i just really like the name it's a bop big fan <laughs> judging a book by its cover time <laughs> give it to me baby uh-uh uh-uh <laughs> have you seen that horrible youtube video that's like give it to me obi uh-uh, uh-uh. obi-wan kenobi <laughs> no oh guys <laughs> where were you in like i don't know when it must have been like 2009 on the internet <laughs> when that was like a big thing i had older brothers who really liked star wars though so yeah i, yeah, I got exactly. a lot of like star wars fodder on youtube yeah that makes but, sense but um yeah you should definitely look up the obi-wan kenobi remix of <laughs> will i of that song <laughs> nostalgia uh so <laughs> circling back for judging a book by its cover this week Elle has given me nick hornby's a Long Way Down, which I know is a very well-known book. I've not read it, nor do I know what it's about, but I know it's well-known. There's also a film. There's also a film. Which has Pierce Brosnan in it. Does it, have a, it feels like it would have Ewan McGregor in it, and I don't Oh, no, I know what you think. I know, because Ewan McGregor did his um, motorbike Long Way Down, Long Way that's Round, it. Long Way... That's right. But yes. also, I can imagine Ewan McGregor, like, being... Yes. Okay, so I... My... So the cover is essentially like a blue, kind of looks a bit like a sky. And then it's got rows of houses in like a black silhouette with just the lights of the windows visible. And then kind of from the author name and the title, there are these like almost like silvery threads or ropes that look a bit like, yeah, they look kind of like ropes looping between, kind of in between the houses, over the top of them and like through the title. Um, This really reminded me of like those cartoon scenes where you've got, like, the silhouette of the house and, like, the cat thief, like, mm-hmm. tiptoeing along the top of it. Um, so my guess was that I think this is a heist. Perhaps a heist that spirals out of control, hence a long way down, you know, getting very <laughs> far away from the intended goal. 
Um, there's a little bit of mischievousness. I think it's these like ropes, which look like, yeah, like the kind of thing a cat burglar would like use to get between his various Mm -hmm. different places. That was all I could really get from it. It looks like it's a nice story, even though I feel like it's about a heist or a thief or that kind of thing. It does look nice. Like the, the cover is still quite like quaint, like the nature of the illustrations. So I think it's uplifting. Also, I'm familiar with some of Nick Hornby's writing, so I not to cheat, but I, <laughs> I, I don't get the impression it will be a dark book. <laughs> Although Elle is looking at me now like I So yeah, I think an adventure, but perhaps a mischievous adventure that maybe goes wrong. But in going wrong, it goes right. For disgraced TV presenter Martin Sharp, the answer's pretty simple. He has, in his own words, pissed his life away. And on New Year's Eve, he's going to end it all. But not, as it happens, alone. Because first single mum Maureen, then 18-year-old Jess, and lastly, American rock god JJ, turn up and crash Martin's private party. They've stolen his idea, but brought their own reasons. Yet, it's hard to jump when you've got an audience queuing impatiently behind you. A few heated words and some slices of cold pizza later, and these four strangers are suddenly allies. But is their unlikely friendship a good enough reason to carry on living? So it's essentially about interrupted suicide. It's... A black comedy. Yeah, naturally, I would assume so, <laughs> given the given the nature of, of the topic. But um, what you said about Hornsby's writing mm. is is fitting. Yeah. Because I really like this book. And actually, I read this book a couple of years ago, and I think maybe when you read it, as with all books, has a real impact yeah. on how you like digest it. It's funny, because it's like no bullshit, but then also maybe slightly contrived at times but that doesn't detract from the text you could you have to read it in the right way i think you could get annoyed with it that gels with my understanding of his writing yeah and what's interesting is so i read this a few years ago and absolutely loved it like it was my favorite book for like some time because it switches um the narrator switches from all the different characters yeah all their different stances and backgrounds and then how through knowing each other they all intermingle i really really enjoy and how all their outlooks are very different but there is a common thread which weirdly is how they meet so is it is it like dual narrative like does it flip between the different people yeah yeah yeah. so like each chapter is a different person yeah and then it's in different parts but well not even necessarily each chapter can you see like okay so yeah it does split between the different people that's interesting. Which I think lots of people wouldn't like, but I really like. Yeah, yeah. Because I can get a bit bored. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that he's done the split narrative within chapters as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's quite hard to pull off. I think. And I think often, not the whole time, but often, especially when they're in each other's lives, after they've, like, met and yeah. have decided to, like, be friends. It's not quite that straightforward, but be friends. Yeah. Things are happening and then you're getting it from different perspectives, but immediately. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're getting it later. So yeah. the way it plays with time is quite cool as well. But yeah, I it's not it's not hard to read at all. Yeah, yeah, no. I think this is what Hornby is good at. Taking life and like not easy topics, but through humour. Yeah. Making it easy to think about them. Like it can be really hard hitting and obviously different bits will affect different people no, more course. than others. So even if you're reading a bit and you're like, oh, this is a bit close to home, you're still like... Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, but I think I think it's a talent of a, an author to be able to write about hard-hitting topics without it being really depressing. Without it being heavy. And I think as well, there is 
I think it's easy when you're writing about dark topics to get really sucked into because obviously when you when you talk about depressing things like you can get very theatrical and poetic yeah yeah about which is it. what what I really like about Hornby's writing is that when he does that he can do it through different characters so yeah. if that you're like oh Jesus Christ you it's like because they're being yeah yeah and he's not afraid to delve into the 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 difficult aspects of when they're being super selfish or they're being yeah. completely self-absorbed and how that has impacted to them getting on top of the roof. But he's not saying it's the whole story. Yeah. But he's giving them a sort of fullness of character yeah. where it's not like all one thing or the other. They're all multifaceted and you you can be pissed off with them all and dislike them all, but also empathise. And then there's lots of characters that you're like, ugh. And then by the end, you're like, nah. <laughs> They're just being there. <laughs> well, yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of. So I I think it's a really good book. I can understand why some people would get annoyed with it. I actually read a review the other day. Because like I said, I read this maybe two years ago. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, I really like this book. Yeah. Well, obviously, I was looking back through it to like refresh myself. And then I came across this review. And actually now looking back... Not being where I was then. Yeah, yeah. I can completely see this. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I'll read a little extract. It's from Joanna Briscoe. And she said, this is how she closes her review. A Long Way Down is a good novel struggling to find a way out of the limitations of its own gimmick. But ultimately, the conceit is so off theme that one can almost ignore it and flow with the farce. This is an enjoyably readable, bumpy ride of a book, paradoxically both dangerously contrived and genuinely moving. And that's, like, a really, really good summary of it. Um, so I read my first Nick Hornby book, I think it was just after Christmas, and it's his newest one called Just Like You. And everything you're saying about A Long Way Down really gels with how I felt about this book. Mm-hmm. So I will... What am I going to do? So you've never you've never read any before? I've never read any Ah, Nick interesting, because I'd read um, About a Boy. I think I told you I hated that movie. Yeah, but you've not read the book. That's true. Also, I don't understand why you hate that movie, because I love that movie. I just, I really didn't, I mean, I watched the first 20 minutes and I just turned it off. To be fair, it's not a film I would imagine that you would like. Yeah, I just didn't really get it. But I didn't know that was a Nick Hornby thing, so I picked up this book anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lucy married just the sort of man you might expect, a university graduate who runs his own business. Unfortunately, he turned out to have some serious dependency issues. Joseph is shaking off the memory of his last date, a girl who ticked all the right boxes and also drove him up the wall. On an average Saturday morning in a butcher shop in North London, Lucy and Joseph meet on opposite sides of the counter. She is a teacher and a mother of two with a past she is trying to forget. He is an aspiring DJ with a wide open future that maybe needs to start becoming more focused. Lucy and Joseph are opposites in almost all ways. Can something life changing grow from uncommon ground? Uh, I think I described this to you as this book was a vibe, mm-hmm. but it was not my vibe. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I would also like to say next time you break up with somebody if you'd like to use that line <laughs> i think it possibly might be the new it's not you it's me yeah you'll sound like a wanker but essentially <laughs> what you're saying will be true this relationship was a vibe it just wasn't my vibe <laughs> or it's just not my vibe anymore yeah like the vibe no longer gels with my vibe <laughs> Um, and please know that if you use the word vibe when breaking up with somebody, they'll probably be glad you're leaving them. <laughs> That's um, like when I saw that I use the word vibe a lot. Yeah, but have you ever used it when breaking up with somebody or telling somebody you don't want to date them anymore? No. Yeah. But I did find that job, didn't I? 
festival vibe coordinator. <laughs> yeah, which is basically a way of saying event organizer, but we're not going to pay you. <laughs> um, anyway, so in all honesty, I wasn't... So basically... Come on, come on, let it out. Let it out. So Lucy is a white middle class, mother of two, divorced... Um, with an annoying ex-husband. Joseph is a young black man with loads of different jobs, trying to become a DJ, kind of. <laughs> um, and I, I think, and this is definitely something that you can debate. I, found, I find it that it's the mark of a good writer when they can put themselves in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. But there was a part of me that was like, felt a bit weird about Nick putting himself in the shoes of these two main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that he didn't do a good job. And I think there's definitely scope for debate here about what kind of narratives authors should be inserting themselves into mm-hmm. or taking control over. Mm-hmm. Because this is all set against the backdrop of Brexit, which also put me off a bit because I don't want to fucking hear about Brexit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a sensitive topic. <laughs> um, so I think that put me off a bit, the fact that it references Brexit quite a lot. But then that's not to say that it's not done well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the reason I didn't gel with this book is because it just wasn't... Your vibe. It wasn't my vibe. Yeah, and to be fair, actually, that doesn't really surprise me. This is probably... I'm going to make it sound too neat. But you know how you read chiclet and enjoy it sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. And I just... Other than the flat share... This is, like, your chiclet. This is my chiclet. If, yeah, it's my equivalent. Yeah, it's like, this is very, very, very commercial fiction, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, I really, really enjoy lots of commercial fiction and, you know, writing commercial fiction is just as hard as writing literary fiction Mm -hmm. because they demand different things of of the writer and and of the reader. But yeah, I think also that I like to... (laughs) As previously mentioned, I'm a bit of a sap. So when I'm reading love stories, I like to be able to centre myself in them. (laughs) (laughs) She loves to be the centre of attention, everybody. (laughs) No, but like if I'm reading a romance novel, I'm like, I'm reading it because I'm feeling like a bit of a sap and I want to like imagine myself swooning. Yeah, he would. Whereas this love story was like, for me, not necessarily far-fetched, but like neither of the main characters... It didn't feel super. I wasn't invested in their relationship. Yeah, and that could Whereas just that's be interesting because when I read Hornby, yeah, and I'll read this because that will actually be really interesting to know. Because when I read Hornby, I I am really invested. Yeah, even in the characters I don't like, I really do care. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like a nice read. It's a good bit of commercial fiction, kind of in the same. It reminded me a little bit of Olive by Emma Gannon, which again I I thought was a good bit of commercial fiction but just wasn't really my vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, if somebody was like, oh, I really just, I'm going like on holiday and I just want like a nice book that I can read by the beach and it's just going to be easy, a little bit feel good, not too demanding, I would probably hand them this book. That's interesting because usually Hornby is writing about hard-hitting stuff. Well, in some of his books, he also writes a little about football. Anyway. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of football in him. Is it? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. He will write about hard-hitting shit. Yeah. But in a, like I was saying before, very easy-to-digest way. So is, does it deal with anything hard-hitting? It, I mean, obviously it deals with kind of conflicts of race and class and, mm-hmm. you know, difficult interpersonal relationships and then the whole kind of class issues that come along with discussions of Brexit. And I think he handles it all well, but it just at times feels a bit out of place with the, with the love story, okay. which I maybe just didn't feel super invested in and it is the core thread but again I I read I read a review on the Guardian because I was kind of like trying to muddle my way through about how I felt about this and I think they really coined it when they said that it doesn't have a fire in its belly but it does have warmth in its heart 
Oh. Which for me, I'm like, if I'm looking at a book about a love story, a book about like politics and class and race, I kind of want it to have fire in its belly, but not everyone's going to want that. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a talent in being able to dance around those issues and kind of weave those issues throughout without it becoming too heavy. Mm-hmm. But it's not what I'm particularly interested in. So I think for me, this book just didn't deliver on that front. But in a weird way, that's not to say I wouldn't recommend it to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I have lots of friends I would recommend this to. So I don't think I'm saying don't read the book. I'm just saying you might not like it. <laughs> I, I'm intrigued to read it and see yeah. if I like it. The cover's gorgeous. But doesn't feel very Nick Hornby, I think. I'll put, obviously we'll have all of these covers on the Instagram, but this is like yellow and pink. And, you know, I mean, we don't often talk about books that we're on the fence about, but I'm on the fence about this. I, I like doing that because mm. it adds a bit of spice, you know? That's my kind of very confused review of Nick Hornby's Just Like You. <laughs> Probably read it. You might enjoy it. I, I, I want to read it yeah. because I want to know. I wanted to finish it. Yeah. But I would never read it again. Oh, yeah, well, I feel like that about yeah. most books. Yeah, it, it was a warm book. Mm-hmm. It was a giving book, but it, it didn't quite hit the note that I wanted it that to hit. That you wanted it to hit. But that, that could just be because I maybe just don't gel with his writing. Yeah, I think that's definitely feasible. I actually really want to reread A Long Way Down to give it, like, more leeway yeah, yeah. or less reading a second time, which will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe that book on second reading, I'm just hypothesising now, will be like that friend that you absolutely love but, like, pisses you off. Yeah. Potentially that could be it. Yeah. But I think it's interesting what you said about Long Way Down being a bit contrived sometimes because I think that's what I felt about this. Mm -hmm. And I really don't deal well with that in books. I could things feel contrived. I like things to feel very natural. Mm -hmm. But then that's interesting because you... Did you like Fates and Furies by... I forget the name. Lauren Groff. Yeah, did you like that book? Because I tried starting that and I felt like that was super contrived. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe because that was a bit more intense. Interesting. I think if things are more... I think the reason I get on with Nick Hornby is I can deal with the slightly contrived nature because it feels a bit self-aware and it's not trying to be like, ooh. Like, he is not trying to do that. He's kind of like, yeah, I know, but carry on. Yeah, no, I mean, I really enjoyed Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff, but I have to admit, I can see why people wouldn't. I want to give it another go, but I tried last summer and I remember just being like, oh, fuck off. We get it. You have feelings. I was just a bit like, ugh. But I do want to try again. But yeah, I think it's another one where in a very different way, because it is quite intense. I Mm. think you need to kind of... Or I felt like it was trying to make me think it was really intense, but I didn't think it was as intense as it wanted me to think. Yeah. That goes back to what our discussion You're giving about. me, like, real sassy hand movements <laughs> at the moment. But I'm just thinking this is interesting because it's going back to when we talked about pretentiousness and the difference between pretension and contrived. Mm. No, I would not say that Nick Hornby's writing is remotely pretentious. No. Um, and I think you could argue that there would be maybe a world in which Lauren Groff's writing is more pretentious. But then, you know, back to what does that even mean? Exactly. Here we are. Um, what else have you been reading? I've also... Seeing as I was going back to a book that I'd loved and read a few years ago, yeah. I also picked back up The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is just... I mean, I don't need to say how loved this book is. It's, like, monumentally successful and adored by everyone and, like, just the one. Mm-hmm. I read it... A, in fact, I actually think I either read it before or after I read A Long Way Down, so in my head these are kind of linked. They're not really. I guess they're both... Books. <laughs> yeah, books. And Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy can be darkly comic, but in a different way. Yeah. 
it's just a cracking read and it's fun like it's really fun i have to admit for my sins i've not read it and it's on my list of things that i do really really yeah. want to read it's one of those ones where you just have yeah. to because it's been so seminal in shaping like a, and people a genre and also people's lives like when you get people talking about this book they love it so much yeah and, Russell T Davies does the foreword in this um, copy. Mm-hmm. And obviously he wrote a lot of Doctor Who. And just the way he talks about how much he loves yeah. it. I think the first edition that came out was, I think, br- like bright neon pink. As So in the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah, yeah. they made the first book look like the guide. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one is... This one's quite chic, isn't it? Oh, very classy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a very lovely sans serif font. <laughs> And a little bit of foiling. Beautiful. It's a nice thing, isn't it? But yeah, so it deals with the difficulties of human existence. A bit like Nick Cornby, but in a very different way. They're running away from different aliens. They're on the hunt for them. There's a depressed robot called Marvin who knows everything and it's getting him down. The secret to life is 42. It's so zany and wild, but just like, Zany. That's <laughs> a word I've not heard recently and I love. <laughs> but it's just, it's so good. And it's very self-aware of the sci-fi genre. So the good thing about sci-fi is that it looks at humanity in a different sort of way. But mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. So you're talking about aliens and all this jazz, but really you're just looking at like the human condition. It does that, but like is a barrel of laughs at mm-hmm. the same time. Great. And is very self-aware and affectionately talking about about the genre kind of at the same time obviously like so influential and just really fucking good and i'll just read a little excerpt because why not chapter one the house stood on a slight rise just on the edge of the village it stood on its own and looked out over a broad spread of west country farmland not a remarkable house by any means it was about 30 years old squattish squarish made of bricks and had four windows set in the front of a size and proportion which more or less exactly failed to please the eye. (laughs) You know? Yeah. The turn of phrase is just incredible. The only person for whom the house was in any way special was Arthur Dent, and that was only because it happened to be the one he lived in. He had lived in it for about three years, ever since he had moved out of London because it made him nervous and irritable. He was about 30 as well, tall, dark-haired, and never quite at ease with himself. The thing that used to worry him most was the fact that people always used to ask him what he was looking so worried about. He worked in local radio, which he always used to tell his friends was a lot more interesting than they probably thought. It was, too. Most of his friends worked in advertising. On Wednesday night, it had rained very heavily. The lane was wet and muddy, but the Thursday morning sun was bright and clear as it shone on Arthur Dent's house for what was to be the last time. Do you know what? I'm actually going to launch this onto my bed now yes do it's so good i've been in a real reading rut and i've started and stopped so many books so refreshing yeah the first chapter involves a yellow bulldozer lying in the mud and bureaucracy and the council to ridiculous extents and it's just like hilarious okay cool i'm excited sorry if you heard that little ding ding in the middle of Elle's reading as well that was my laptop telling me that i have a meeting in 15 minutes Thank you. I'm acutely aware of my schedule. How have you found the gin? Guess what? I love it. I really want another one. It's so good. We're saving this. Well, I say saving. We're, in theory, saving this for our special Ellen Camilla drinks. That makes it sound weird. 
Um, for <laughs> special time? Oh my god, there's no way to say this without it sounding like sex. For 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 drinks that we for drinks that we don't share with other people. <laughs> These all sound like horrific euphemisms. <laughs> for for special occasions. Yes. That only <laughs> That only happen between Elle and I. No, it's like an in-joke, but a drink. Yeah. That was quite beautiful. That was really lovely. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well, actually. That was delicious. I won't have another one because it is literally the middle of the working day. It's so easy to drink. I'll tell you what, I'd be in great spirits for my meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, team. Which we all know isn't 15 minutes down. <laughs> well, 13 now. <laughs> Obviously, you've been loving this drink. What have you been hating this week, Al? Um, you're going to be annoyed at me because I'm really twisting this to my whim because oh. we all know that I'm not very good at the finding something I dislike. What's funny is... I. Ellen's not bad at finding things she doesn't like. You dislike many things. I'm very particular about how I want things to be. Mm. So I, I... I'm not saying that you're negative. She's not negative. But you do have things you dislike and it does come up a lot. What can you tell me? What have I disliked this week? This is a much better thing. Tell me what I've disliked this week. I don't like that. <laughs> there, that's what I dislike. I dislike that um, I found an artist called Lucy McWilliams. Is her name Lucy McWilliams? Yes, Lucy McWilliams, like, months and months ago. Like, I think last summer, maybe. And she only has four tracks on Spotify. And she still only has four tracks on Spotify. And it's two tracks and then two acoustic versions. So my dislike is, Lucy, (laughs) give me more. You know what, that's valid. I hate it when you find an artist that you really like and they only have one song. And I'm like, somebody give this person a record deal. (laughs) Or when you find an artist that has loads of songs and you're like, yes, a new artist. But you only like two of them. (laughs) But you only like, like, one or two of their songs. I mean, that could happen with Lucy. But... And I'm like, by God, somebody take away this person's record deal. <laughs> Savage. Well, no, I just like to know... I really like these two tracks. I think one is Fair Play, which I think is a cover anyway. Mm. And then the other is uh, maybe Runaway. You would think I would know the name, saying it's there's only two. Really enjoying them at the moment, like, listening to them a lot. And would just like some more, please. Give me, give me more. Give me more. That's a tune. That's a banger. (laughs) I um, I have been disliking the rhetoric around (laughs) the AstraZeneca vaccine and blood clotting threats when the blood clot threat to women on the pill is so much higher that we don't have that conversation ever. Yeah. Um, I was. I was prescribed the combined pill by three separate doctors slash nurses. And it was only the fourth who was like, I can't believe anybody's ever prescribed this to you. You're in the highest risk category to have a blood clot, which I had raised repeatedly with doctors because I know that I have a family history of blood clots. And they were always just like, you'll be fine. Statistically, I may well not have been fine. (laughs) But anyway... I obviously then came off that pill and eventually came off the pill altogether. But it really, really frustrates me that, like, (laughs) women have to choose between, at worst, death, at best, very large and inconvenient side effects, like depression, Mm -hmm. (laughs) bloating, which is a very bad side effect, (laughs) or having a child. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... And it's like, how about I don't have any of those things? Well, it's just the fact that, like... The pill was made for men. And then men were like, oh, but I'm a little bit bloated and like a bit sad. And they were like, oh my God, this is awful. Let's give it to women instead. (laughs) 
Literally. literally. And women were like, we'll do it because we don't because want... Because we don't to. want the baby. Because we're the one that will have to carry the goddamn child. <laughs> So annoying. So yeah, I find it very, and I hope that what comes out of this is a greater awareness around, around the kind of risk of blood clotting. I remember when I first got prescribed the pill, I was terrified. I spent like the first two months just waiting to get a blood clot. There were women who were on the pill whose doctors are like, oh, you'll be fine. Just don't sit down for long periods of time. <laughs> Imagine living your life like that. You love sitting down. I love that. I took 91 steps yesterday. <laughs> I would be dead in a week. Uh, no, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. So that's my dislike is, you know, if we're going to talk, and rightly so, we should be very um, cautious and aware of the side effects of things. But I feel like the side effects around the AstraZeneca vaccine have been hugely blown out of proportion. And if we're going to talk about that, we need to talk about the pill. exactly. We need to have that discussion because women are dying. Because then also, I feel like the shock factor when people hear about that, they're like, oh my God! And it's like, oh yeah, no, that is bad. Like, obviously we don't want that issue, but like, actually we all live with like things like that, like all the time. You just didn't know because it didn't affect you. Well, yeah, exactly. Contraception is just like, really needs to be looked at properly i mean i think they are doing that they're looking into they're doing research into an injection for men i think they're looking into an injection for men they're also looking into um other forms of the coil so like other shapes that might be less painful because obviously right now it's like a sharp thing (laughs) and they're like maybe we should make it round and more flexible so that when you cramp it doesn't make your cramps worse flexible would make more so the one they're working on right now which i think you can get very rarely on the nhs but very very few gps will do it is i can't remember what it's called but it's like a little ball so that escalated very quickly from your like i don't like music to me being like the medical establishment is conning us (laughs) but yeah that's all i'll say my dislike is contraception and the risk of death (laughs) and on that note (laughs) au revoir stay excellent i'll feed a sane if you've enjoyed listening to pros before hoes please remember to rate review and subscribe otherwise we'll have no idea Thank you.